Next, the golden days of radio. inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Fibber McGee and Molly, The Lone Ranger, Memories of Tom X, April Stevens, and comedian Jim Hawthorne. Fibber McGee and Molly were a popular radio team for almost three decades. They began broadcasting on a radio station in Chicago during the 30s and finally moved to Hollywood to become one of the most popular comedy shows during the 40s. I remember being at the NBC studios at Sunset and Vine many times when they were broadcasting. Ah, what a show it was. In the late 50s, Fibber and Molly, played by Jim and Marion Jordan, began a five-minute show for the NBC radio program Monitor. Here's one of those memorable shows. Molly, after all we've been through together, I don't see how you could have the inhumanity to drag me down here to this dentist's office. <laughs> Just look at all the instruments of torture around here. <laughs> Boy, this guy must have took his training at the Tower of London. Oh, McGee, be quiet. Dr. Slaughter will hear you. I don't give a good gosh darn if he does. That grinder hanging down from the ceiling there is big enough to drill an oil well with. <laughs> We're going to get the anti-cruelty society ever. Uh-oh. Oh, hello, Doc. Good afternoon, Mr. McGee. What is it you're planning to do? I'm glad you asked, Doc, because I was more or less planning to leave. <laughs> come on, Molly. Oh, McGee, come on now. You stay right where you are. I don't know why he's acting this way, Doctor. He's usually very well behaved. <laughs> I've had a lot of experience handling unruly husbands. Now, if you'll just open wide, Mr. McGee. I'm afraid I didn't quite catch that. I said none of them hurt. Just glance around and then close my mouth back up. If you don't mind, I'd like to handle this in my own way. I know what What was that? I said I know a lot more about dentisting than the average layman. I took care of a pack of army mules, including their teeth, during World War I. McGee, you can tell the doctor about that later. Keep quiet now, dearie. Yo, I... Hi, Alan. What did he say? I said you're supposed to be on my side, Molly. Stop taking his part in this thing. Uh, just let me get this mirror back there. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you seem to have just one small cavity, Mr. McGee. I'll have my technician give you a general anesthetic, and we shall fill it right away. Uh, general anesthetic? Good gosh, Doc. Is the thing that serious? Oh, no, no, no. It's just a little speck on the surface. Oh. The general anesthetic is just the only way I know of to make you shut up long enough for me to fill it. Sit still so doctor can finish filling your tooth. How can I sit still when I'm fighting for my life? Please don't use that big drill anymore, Doc. If you can't think of me as a fellow human being, at least try to think of me as a person. 
let go of my lapels, please. I finished drilling on your tooth ten minutes ago. I just want to be sure the filling is hardened. Then we'll be all through. Oh. Well, that's looking at a gift horse of another color. <laughs> ah, it's a pretty brave little soldier, don't you think, Doc? You are a mass of quivering protoplasm. Well, uh, uh, it's sure nice of you to say so, Doc. Oh, McGee, you were panic-stricken through the whole thing, and it couldn't have possibly hurt. I was not panic, no such a thing of the kind, stricken. The dentist hasn't been made that I'm afraid of. In fact, I remember one time an incident that happened way back in the First World War. The Big War. There I was, alone and unarmed, surrounded by an entire brigade of German dentists. <laughs> well, sir, not knowing the meaning of the word fear... I uh, think the filling should be hardened now, McGee, oh. from all of the hot air coming through from the inside. <laughs> well, uh, oh, okay, Doc. Say, Molly, before we leave, uh, why don't you make an appointment to have your teeth checked over? Oh, I don't know, McGee. It hasn't been too awfully long since I had it done. Nah, don't try thinking up excuses, kiddo. Just be brave, like I was. No, please, Mrs. McGee, I couldn't handle another case like that. Now, you keep out of this, Doc. Come on, Molly. Come on. Laugh at fear. Ha-ha! Well, if you really think I should make an appointment, I will, McGee. Well, suppose I put you down for 10.30 next Friday, Mrs. McGee. That's showing the old McGee tradition, kiddo. <laughs> and while I have the book open, I'll put you down for the checkup in six months, McGee. Oh, now, wait a minute, Doc. I, I, I'll be out of town. <laughs> oh, McGee, you're showing your true colors again. And all of them are shades of yellow. <laughs> I'm never no such a thing of the kind. I'll phone in for an appointment after my schedule of business appointments is set a little better. But remember, Doc, don't call me. I'll call you. I know exactly how he feels. I was at the dentist a couple of days ago to have a tooth extracted, and I really dreaded going. Ed Hertford is my dentist in beautiful downtown Burbank. And I don't think I'd ever go to the dentist at all, except Dr. Hertford at one time was W.C. Fields' dentist. And uh, for, I guess, five or six years. And uh, the stories he tells me about fields keep me laughing and, until he's finished drilling and filling. I don't mind going. I'd go back again, I guess. Anyway, uh, on the past couple of programs, we had comedian Jim Hawthorne as special in-person guest. We had a ball. But one of the comedy routines we recorded, we didn't have time to include. So I'm going to play it now. Well, I've got another clip uh, uh from one of the CBS shows, and you did this quite often. You'd take a song, a popular song, and you'd talk back to it, oh, yeah. or, a, or an old song, and play with it, speed right. it up or slow it down. This is one with April Stevens, and I think you'll remember it when you hear it. Although this is the month of May, there's uh, one April that is still with us. The last name happens to be Stevens, April Stevens. You've heard her many times. And she's a gal who can really work a song over, and practically flawless, I would say. Flawless, except in one sense of the word on this particular record. She fails to mention the song title, and I think it's something that should be taken care of. In fact, every record should have the song title in the first part of the song, or through the song, so that you know what it's going to be, you see. Now, this one happens to be I'm in Love Again. I'm in Love Again. I'm in Love Again. I'm in Love Again. Now, if you listen real closely, you can hear the title somewhere during the record. 
It's called I'm in Love Again. Now, if you'd like to write it down, I'm in Love Again. Now, listen very closely for it. What are you? Hmm? I'm in love again. Where's the spring? And the spring is coming. What are you again? I'm in love again. What shall I hear? hear my heart strings drumming. What are you again? I'm in love again. And 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 the tune I'm humming is what? Is the hot love cuddle blue blue? <laughs> Repeat the title. I'm in love again. What can't you do? And I can't rise above it. Repeat the title. I'm in love again. <laughs> and you what what and what? I love are you in love again? I'm in love again. Are you glad? And I'm darn glad of it. Good news? Good news. Do like a solo. marvelous routine, isn't it? The Lone Ranger was one of the most important programs, not only dramatically, but production-wise, to ever hit the airwaves. The program first went on the air January 30th, 1933, and was a three times a week feature on the Mutual Broadcasting System for over 20 years. Here's one of the early episodes entitled, The Adventure of the Lone Ranger and the Boonville Gold. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. This is the adventure of the Lone Ranger and the Boonville Gold. telegram flashed from the west to Washington, D.C. It was delivered to the home of John Bledsoe. The white-haired man read it, then sat down in his study with his 21-year-old son. He told Jim about an incident that took place years before, during the War of the States. You see, Jim, the people in Boonville, Colorado, raised one million dollars worth of gold to aid the Confederacy. Three wagons loaded with the gold and an escort of ten men, including drivers, left Boonville. 
The golden wagon simply disappeared. Disappeared? What happened, Dad? The men in the wagons were in the valley when an advance scout brought word that there was a blockade of Union soldiers. So the loaded wagons were driven into a nearby cave. The cave was sealed by exploding a heavy charge of powder. That night, the men in the valley were attacked by Indians. They were massacred, all but one man. He was badly wounded. I was that man. You did? Yes. Well, since then, I've wanted to return the gold to its rightful owners. My health has made it impossible to travel, so I've been trying to establish contact with the one man I would trust with such a mission. I have finally succeeded. I received a telegram from that man. You may have heard of him. He's known as the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? I've heard of him. I thought he was a legend. Is he really a flesh-and-blood individual? You'll meet him, Jim, if you'll go west for me. Dad, you know I'll do anything you ask. I've drawn a map on this small piece of paper. It shows exactly where the gold is buried. I want you to take it to the Lone Ranger. Jim spent two days buying clothing and weapons for his trip, then started west. He traveled at first by train, then boarded a stagecoach. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger's Indian friend rode into a woodland camp where the masked man waited. Oscar, no fella. Easy, Scott, easy, fella. Hello. Did our friends at the trading post have a telegram from Washington? Ah, uh, him have it. Here. Oh, thanks. It'd be a great thing for Boonville if that gold can be recovered. Ah, uh, them plenty hard up since war end. What message say? John Bledsoe's son is on the way to meet us. He'll bring a map. Mm, that good. We'll meet the stage in Red Rock Canyon. Here, Silver. That long way. If we started once, we'll be there in time. Easy, steady, big fella. Come on, The Lone Ranger and Tonto were not the only ones who knew about Jim Bledsoe's trip. Two other men were discussing it in a cafe in a small town north of Red Rock Canyon. And you see, Slade, the man in the telegraph office is a friend of mine. I happened to be with him when the message came through. The Boonville Gold. Yes. Well, here's a chance to get our hands on it. If we can get that map. Why, that's easy. We'll stick up the stage. No, 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 not that. Why not? If that map is stolen, there'll be an investigation. The authorities will look for a leak in the telegraph office. My friend might get into trouble. Ah, savvy. Well, we'll make it look like Indians attack the stage. As a matter of fact, that's just what'll happen. I know a renegade chief who'll help us. He'll attack that stage with about 20 savages. Jim Bledsoe was the only passenger on the stagecoach that headed west through Red Rock Canyon. The precious map was in his pocket. He gripped a new Winchester repeating carbine and kept a sharp watch for any sign of trouble. Meanwhile, the Lone Ranger and Tonto guided their horses east along the canyon rim to meet the stagecoach. Suddenly, the masked man signaled a halt. Oh, oh, oh. He took binoculars from their case as Tonto said, Why we stop here, Kimasabi? Trail to bottom of canyon two miles east of here. There are Indians in the canyon, Tonto. About 200 yards to the east. Ah, me see him. I see two white men with them. They seem to be talking. 
Otto, this means trouble. Indians, not friends? Those are renegade followers of Black Bear. Oh. Stage come this way, them sure stop it. You ride to meet the westbound stage as far from here as possible and warn the driver. I'll try to get help from Fort Miles. Soldiers at Fort Miles try long time to capture Black Bear. Well, this is their chance. While the masked man dashed away from the canyon, Tonto rode quietly along the rim until he was well past the Indians who were gathered below. Then Tonto rode fast for two miles, where he descended to the canyon floor. He dashed along the rocky canyon until he saw the approaching stage. He drew rein and raised one hand. Jim Bledsoe on stagecoach. Hey, what if he is? I'm right here, and I'm covering you with a fast-repeating carbine. If you're planning a holdup, No. Me here, give warning. Bad Indians ahead. Is this some kind of a trick? No, it's not trick. Black bear there. Him got plenty Indian with bone arrow. I hear Indians. He must be telling the truth. Jump in Sassafras. We can't turn around in this canyon. Indians come this way. There's just one thing to do. We have to get behind the biggest of these boulders and make a stand. Me fight with you. Maybe hold off Indians till help come. Help? Where is help to come from? Lone Ranger, right for soldiers. Black Bear and his followers dashed through the canyon with Slade and Merkel. When they neared the halted stage, gunfire came from behind big boulders. Oh, 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 they were waiting for us. Take shelter. It was a pitched battle in the canyon. Most of the Indians had bows and arrows, but several had old-fashioned rifles. Their gunfire blended with the pistol fire of Slade and Merkel. Toto, Jim Bledsoe, and the driver fought back from behind boulders. No, they got me. The driver dropped his weapon and slumped to the ground. Toto and Jim maintained their fire. Can't hold out much longer. I'm nearly out of ammunition. He just fired the last shot. The last of mine is in my rifle. Now I'm out. We're through. We're at their mercy. What's that? It's bugle. It means soldier. Again and again, the bugle sounded a message of hope and rescue. The Indians heard it, and so did Slade and Merkel. But before they could decide whether to attack or retreat, a detachment of cavalry swept around a bend in the canyon with a masked man in the lead. The soldiers opened fire from the saddle, and their fire was devastating. They swept past the stagecoach in full pursuit of the Indians who tried to escape. After the fight, Toto dressed the stagecoach driver's wounds while the Lone Ranger shook hands with Jim Bledsoe. And here is the map. The people of Boonville will be everlastingly grateful to you. And to you, sir. Easy, sir. Easy, easy, I reckon the soldiers will be mighty grateful, too, after capturing those crooks and Black Bear's renegades. There's a lot of folks grateful to the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger was a fictitious person, but nevertheless, he captured the imagination of kids of all ages. On the other hand, Tom Mix was a real cowboy. He appeared on the stage and in movies, and in time was featured on his own 15-minute radio show. Now, let me give you an idea of what the Tom Mix program sounded like in 1945. The Tom Mix Ralston straight shooters are on the air. And here comes Tom Mix, America's favorite cowboy. Hot Tony, come on, boy. Ralston for your breakfast Starts the day off shining bright Gives you lots of cowboy energy With a flavor that's just right It's delicious and nutritious Bite-sized and ready to eat Take a tip from Tongo and tell
fill your mouth with it most and can't be beat. The Tom Nix Ralston Straight Shooters bring you action, mystery, and mile-a-minute thrills. Tonight you're about to hear another episode in a baffling mystery. The mystery of the vanishing village. Tom Mix and Sheriff Mike are trying to solve the oddest mystery of their career. What? Tom, out there in the moonlight, staggering toward the house. Huh? Great guns, it's a girl. Look, she stumbled. She's fallen. Come on, let's get to her, Hank. Through the window. Tom, Tom, I got a feeling. I think... Here we are, Hank. Here we are. The girl. Tom, I was right. It's Mary. It's Mary, the girl I came back to marry. And she's hurt, Tom. She's hurt badly. You know, if Tom Mix were on the air today, he might sound something like this parody. Shooters always win. Lawbreakers always lose. The Tom Mix Hot Mush Straight Shooters Club is on the air. Well, looky here. It's roundup time. So let's get going. But first... When it's hot mush time at breakfast Then it's time for us to eat It's a grand hot whole wheat cereal Made of golden western wheat Rangra says it is delicious up this edition of the golden days of radio now here's a thought to remember the flicker of pictures moving on film began with the inventive ingenuity of american pioneers in 1896 today over 200,000 technicians and talents still make the united states tops in movie making by the way the commercial announcements on this program were for entertainment only and are not an endorsement of the department of defense this is frank brzee in hollywood california join me next time for more great stars and programs on this the American Forces Radio and Television Service.